Good evening, Huge Pop Wrestling fans. This is your host, Huge Pop. Um, with me today, I have JB, the Honorary Pop. How you doing, JB? And PWX, ring announcer, Mel Storm. But the reason why we're really here is to sit with the HAW Reborn Champion and the PWX Heavyweight Champion, the nasty one, Nick Nolan. How you doing, my guy? I've been better. Been better? Oh, well. I've been better. I'm sorry, but hey, we're here to have fun, and I hope that you can get over your badass attitude. So we're going to go forward, right? All right, we'll see. So, just the first basic question is: What point in your life did you know for sure you wanted to be a professional wrestler? It's funny you say that because I I do tell this story often enough. I, I'm going to see if I can try to remember the ex- and the exact moment. So, Madison Square Garden, uh, I want to say June 27th, 2003. It was SmackDown at MSG, and uh, this was my first ever professional wrestling show. And I went with my dad, and I kind of went reluctantly because he was like, hey, you want to go see wrestling? I was like, "Eh, sure, I guess. At first I said no, but then I was like, you know what, I can spend some time with my dad, so I decided to go. But uh, anyway, we go there. The first match I ever saw... This, this isn't why I wanted to be a wrestler, but the first match I ever saw there, and in person, first wrestling match I've seen was uh, John Cena versus Orlando Jordan. And this is before John Cena was, was anything special. And uh, to answer your question, it was at the end of SmackDown, after the cameras went off, when uh, Mr. America, who I did not know was Hulk Hogan at the time, because I wasn't too familiar with wrestling at the time, but he was doing this Hulk Hogan thing, you know, with all this stuff with the ear and, you know, pointing and flexing and all that. And I remember looking, looking around the arena, and it, it was literally shaking. There's only been two times in my life where a building has shook because of excitement. And I've been to playoff hockey games. I've been to, to playoff baseball games, and it, it's nothing like that. But uh, right then and there, when I and he lifted up his mask. And revealed he was Hulk Hogan and told everyone, oh, be quiet, brother. But uh, that was his last appearance in WWE until like 2005 or so. But when he did that, and I have chills thinking about it now, I remember exactly where I was, the date and everything. I remember just being like, and seeing 18,000 people, whatever it was, right then and there, I knew this is what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I couldn't explain why. It just... It gave me a feeling that I've probably only felt one other time in my life. And it's crazy to think because Hulk Hogan was kind of a generation before me. But, you know, he's the reason why all my favorite wrestlers became wrestlers. And I guess it's kind of cool that I fall into that category where, yes, it was a generation later. But Hulk Hogan is the reason why I wanted to be a wrestler. So how was that car ride home with your dad? Um, did you guys talk about that or? No. No, I, to be honest, I don't remember anything after that. Uh, and then the next time I knew for sure, like at first it was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. But then there was another instance. It was in 2005, I want to say. And it was Eddie Guerrero versus JBL in a steel cage match. I remember exactly where I was. And I remember exactly what I was eating. I was eating General South chicken, pork fried rice, no vegetables. Watching SmackDown on my little ass TV. 
and Eddie Guerrero jumped off the cage onto JBL. And I remember calling my dad as soon as that happened and telling him that, you know, I want to be a wrestler. And he's like, oh, yeah, great. That's great. I'm 14, 15 years old at that time. Oh, it's a face. He'll get over it. And here I am. Still not over it. Nice, nice, nice. Who are your biggest influences in the business coming through it? Coming through, like, personally or more so, like, who, who I watched growing up and try to emulate and well, we can start with who We can start who you studied and who you emulated. And now then we can go with uh, – in the business now, who do you? Is there people you call and say, "Hey, this I need some, I need some advice, man." Yeah, yeah. So my favorite wrestler of all time is Edge. Um, from 2006 to now, everything he does, I watched, I study, I study Triple H. I mean, things as simple. I, I literally watch matches not to watch the match. I literally stare at their feet and watch their footwork, their placement, their timing. Things like that. And then I'll watch the psychology and stuff, you know, that go along with that. Um, Edge, Triple H, Gorgeous George, who I had a, a I, I, over the last year or so, I've been obsessed with Gorgeous George. Um, and uh, Brian Kendrick, who's a friend of mine, uh, completely underrated, underappreciated person in this business, who... I would not be where I am now if it wasn't for him. And that's the truth. Uh, yeah, but, you know, as Hispanic, you know, I looked up to Eddie Guerrero. Um, <laughs> it's not ridiculous, but Carlito. I liked Carlito. <laughs> and I still like Carlito. Um, but yeah, you know, I, if I had to like, my top five, if I had to say it would be Edge, Triple H, Randy Orton, Brian Kendrick, and uh, probably Eddie Guerrero, rounding out the five. Okay. Now, talking about Eddie Guerrero and Hispanic, um, how what is your take on the whole storyline between the um, the Judgment Day and Rey Mysterio and L LWO and all them? Are you a fan of that storyline, or you think it's like it, it's funny you mention that because over the last week I've had a I've been like really watching a lot of Damian Priest. <laughs> I love Damian Priest now. Because he cut this promo in Spanish on, on, I think it was Monday, and killed it. It was such a good promo in another language. But uh, as far as what they're doing, I'm more of a fan of Judgment. I love Dominic. I love Damian Priest. Everyone loves Rhea Ripley. I love Finn Balor. LWO, not so much, because I, I gravitate towards bad people, right. if you couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. Um, but I think, I think what you know, the judgment day is doing is phenomenal. It's, it's, I haven't seen anyone have as much heat as Dominic and God knows how long. Cause I was watching raw Monday and they would not let this kid speak. It had to be at least five. I think the last time something like that happened was when Roman Reigns beat the undertaker at WrestleMania where they wouldn't let him speak. Right. Um, so the, the kid, I, I love Dominic, you know, and uh, what, what they're doing, it's fun to watch, you know, and now that the Hispanic culture is kind of becoming more and more uh, to the forefront of the business, they have the, the I was going to say pay-per-view, but I think they're PLEs now in Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. which I'm Puerto Rican. So it's, it's cool to see, you know, Bad Bunny, Damian Priest, two Puerto Ricans fighting in Puerto Rico. So answer your question. I think the Judgment Day is great. 
I think it is cool that they're incorporating, you know, the LWO and things, trying to bring Hispanic culture to the forefront. Of, uh, awesome, man. Awesome. The universal product. So. so we got a couple PWX fans in the chat. Um, Mel, Gina. <laughs> Hi, Scott. Hey, JD, Anek. So I, everybody in the uh, PWX knows who Gina is, I'm sure. Everyone knows who Gina is. Yep. Now we got this man, Johnny Cass. What's up? So thank you guys for coming in the chat. Um, those that are on the channels, YouTube, uh, Twitch, hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button. Um, join us for this chat with Nick. Uh, when you started training, wh- who was your trainer? Where'd you train at? And how was that experience? And is it, was it a necessary experience to, um, to, to get in the, involved in the business? I'm sorry, you were breaking up. What was the last part? Was it a necessary experience? Yes, it's a necessary experience to be where you're at in the business. Oh, hell yeah. My first actual coach, I started a long time ago. My first actual real coach was Landstorm. So uh, in 2012, I moved up to Canada. Actually, I think it was May we started. I moved up to Calgary Dramatic Plus, Alberta, Canada. And uh, trained with Lance for the summer. And that class had so much fucking talent. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, we had, um, she was actually my roommate. Peyton Voice was my roommate when we lived. Uh, we were in the same class. Australian Suicide, who, who tore it up in AAA. Um, Kellyanne, who was in Ring of Honor, she tore it up in Australia also. Like, that class was incredible. And Lance was so hands-on. So, a lot, he, a lot of what I do now, even though I learned it a long time ago, the way I move, the way I, I wrestle and do certain things, I learned all that from this. He he really uh, cemented that into me. He, in regards to, he's such a great technical wrestler. Um, in regards to being a technical wrestler, he ingrained all that stuff. And I I have a million questions every time I see him. You know, that's that's how I learn. I ask a lot of questions, and I'm sure I annoy a lot. But I'd rather do that. And piss them off that way, then not ask anything and not learn. So, but to, to answer the question, yeah, it was absolutely unnecessary because, <clears throat> excuse me, my allergies. Um, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have. It all ties together, man. It all ties together. So, I met my best friend in Canada, and then he lived in Orange County. Once I, I moved training with Lance, I moved to California a couple of years later after I finished school to train with Brian Kendrick. And the reason I got in touch with Brian is because of my friend I met in in Canada. So Lance was my first coach. I, I've been to another a, a few other places after that, not too long, so they didn't really have too much of an impact on me. But once I went to Brian, whole new ballgame because this guy is so smart in regards to psychology and why you do things, how you do things, you know, I, I would literally go to his house and we'd sit on his couch and he'd put on the most insane wrestling you can possibly think of. He'd put on black and white, 1942 French wrestling. And I'd be like, why? Like, I don't want to see this, but he would explain to me, wrestling can literally be whatever you want it to be. And then watching that really opened my eyes in, in a lot of character development and uh, how to pursue certain things in wrestling. It's not, it doesn't necessarily have to be, 
you know, the flips and the dives and all that popular stuff. Now it's literally. Yeah. I think he's afraid of you, Mel. <laughs> he should be. <laughs> uh, well, we're trying to um, get Nick back on the thing. So, uh, as soon as he gets back on the pop, well, I just want to say thank you for the people that are coming into the. Um, there he is. He's back. Yeah, I would figure I have bad internet right now, but. Um, Sorry, man. I, I don't know what the last thing you heard was. Oh, basically, um, you know, the most impactful person on my career, uh, even up to this point, has been Brian Kendrick. He wasn't my first coach, but he for sure is the best coach I've ever had. You two have anything to say to ask um, Mr. Nick um, before I just keep on going? Anybody yeah. Like, what would be your toughest match since you've been wrestling? Your toughest match since you've been wrestling? Toughest matches I've ever wrestled? Yeah, yes. your toughest yes. match. one I had last Sunday against Rhino was probably the toughest match I've ever had. It, it was the toughest match I ever had, but I beat him. So, I mean, it, I guess it wasn't that hard. Um, I've wrestled, you know, I've wrestled Brian Kendrick. I've wrestled Seth Rollins. Um, World-class athletes, all of them, all of them. And they bring out the best of you. So, I mean... It's hard. It's hard to do what we do and to do it at an elite level, hanging with them. That Those would be the toughest matches because it really it, it forces you to reevaluate your, your choices in life after you're done wrestling them because they, they don't have, you know, a lower gear. They're just 100% the entire time. So if you can hang with them and be like, okay, I can do this. But if you can't, then it's like, damn, I got to get a lot better a lot quicker. Or maybe I should just reevaluate and maybe wrestling's not for me. And fortunately enough for me, you know, I've been able to keep up with it. And it's it's only made me better in regards, you know, those those are the toughest matches I have because it makes me bring a lot of uh, a lot of grit and things I didn't know I had within me in order to keep up. I mean, I couldn't help but to notice the arrogance of your statement when it came to Rhino. Uh, well, you, you know, he beat Rhino with a low blow. I mean, that's not a clean win. But it's extreme rules. Like It's extreme rules. That's not cheating. So It's not cheating. It's just dirty. I just, well, yeah, that's my he question. It. He suggested it. I just did what anyone else would do in my position. So you can disagree with it, but at the end of the day, I'm still that champion right there. So so what you're saying, and I hope Johnny Cass is listening to this because we've been trying to tell Cass for the months to pull the trigger, do what is necessary to do. So basically what you're saying is you just did whatever was necessary to do to beat Rhino. Not that he was, not that he was a soft opponent. No, not at all. It was just you had to do what you had to do to get the win. I saw an opportunity and I took it, just like he was. Okay. And yes, I am the best champion of all time. So now we get more into now we get more details on the Rhino win. So 
he low blowed Reiner to win, but he he took the route that he had to take to win it. So that's basically what you said, right? Essentially, yeah. I mean, he would have done the exact same thing if he saw the opportunity to low blow me. I'm sure he would have done it. He's I done it plenty of times. I agree with that. Yeah. So you mentioned Seth Rollins. Was was that just as is he as badass as he seems to be on TV? Was that match? I mean, how did how did you come out in that match? Did you uh, low blow him to win too, or did that? Uh, turn out no. No, so he did give me his patented AA, which he's only hit on John Cena. So it's only two people who have ever taken that move from him. Me and John Cena, that's a good company to be in. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, man, it's, it's wild how that happened. So I did uh, Black and Brave last summer. I think today might have been exactly one year ago where we had our first day. Okay. And uh, hardest workout of my life. And that's the God honest truth. I literally got sick for about a week after that workout. <laughs> but to to answer the question about Seth, how do you come up with any character? Uh, to, to come up with Seth, um, it, it's wild because it was in such a small, intimate venue. There was really nobody there. And it, what you see on TV is exactly what he does when no one's watching. And that's hard to do. You know, I mean, for me, I know I, I, I like when the crowd gives me their energy. And to be able to pull that out when no one is watching, there's no crowd cheering or anything like that, that really makes you realize how good this guy is. I mean, obviously, we know he's one of the best of all time. That goes without saying. But to to actually get in there with him and to, like, lock up with him, you know, do things with him in that ring, you can see why he is where he is and why you are where you are. And in order to, to get to that level, you need to work with people like that so you can get a lot better a lot quicker. But he's another one. You know, I've, I've learned so much from him. And, and honest to God, truth, he's probably taught me more in regards to character development than anyone has. Because every single match I had, just about every single match I have, I go over with him. And he gives me his opinion. And he'll straight up tell you, that fucking sucks. I hate it. And it makes you feel like shit. But at the same time, it's like, okay, well, what do I have to do to get better? And then when he's like, oh, that's solid. I liked it. Then it's like, okay, I'm on the right track. So the, the reason why I've been able to evolve my character so much is because of the guidance he's given me in regards. He, he doesn't tell me what to do. He just kind of guides me and saying, oh, you know, try this at this point. He doesn't tell me what to try. But he'll be like, give this a shot at this point or try that at that point. Right. And when I do that and see how the crowd reacts and see how they boo or whatever it is, it uh, it really it clicks. And I tell him this, <laughs> him and Brian, I just I asked him, he, he, he's told, Seth has told me, he's like, I know you're a question. He calls me the question man because I during class, I would I'm not even kidding. I had a notebook full of questions Every single day, and I, I'm sure he would get irritated and pissed off, but I, I learned so much from this guy, and he's just been such an influence on my career and has helped me elevate my, my abilities a lot faster than, say, having, not having him in my corner and just trying to figure this out myself. It's essentially a, a cheat book, you know? Okay, you have someone who's literally top, top in WWE, guiding you on how to become you know on that path to become top in wwe 
what works for him. He's telling me what works for him. Try this, try that. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work because it's not universal. But to, to have him giving me suggestions, I, can, I couldn't be more grateful because it's really taken me from here to here in such a short amount of time. And, and I'm sure I annoy him with all my questions, but you know, I'm very grateful for him. And Becky, too. You know, I haven't spoken to her too late uh, recently, but back during the, the class, I would ask her a million questions, too. And she's been so receptive and really helped. She's, she's great with encouraging you and uh, making you believe in yourself. And for her, I'm, I'm super grateful, too. You know, both of them, they, they have a great facility. I'm not just saying that because I, I went there because I've been to a lot of places and they have a great facility there. And they actually, you know, if you give a shit, they give a shit, or at least he does. And he'll, he'll try his best to help you in developing your abilities. That's awesome, man. I'm not, I mean, this is going to come across as a, a fan, a fanboy statement, but that type, when he hears stories like that about interacting with Seth Rollins and stuff like that, that kind of makes the fanboy jealous, you know, but Hey, I guess, I choose not to get into wrestling business, so I choose not to go to the training camps, stuff like that. But you can still go. You can, they don't care how old you are. You can still go. Dude, this guy's 50, 53 years old, 305 pounds. This guy can't get no ring, let me tell you. You know what? That's a unique that's a unique angle though. How many fifty three year old, three hundred and five pound guys are there? True, true, true. Right. So we have Diane Lopez. Um Nick. How did you come up with your name of your character and what inspired you to choose that name? I'm sorry for coughing. My, my allergies are just eating me up today. So my original name was Nick Owens. And that was given to me by Tommy Dreamer. My first ever show I did was House of Hardcore 2. And Rhino was there. So it's pretty cool to uh, come full circle with that. But uh, so... Obviously, I couldn't use Owens because of Kevin Owens. Right. I mean, I could, but then people will be like, oh, you're copying him, even though I had it first. You know, I, if you do it on TV, you do it first. But anyway, long story short, I was actually talking to John Bonhart, who also goes to Powerhouse, uh, PWX, and uh, he's a San Jose Sharks fan, hockey team. And one of my favorite teams growing up were the San Jose Sharks because I like their jerseys. It's a long-winded answer. But... Uh, their captain and one of my favorite players growing up, his name was Owen Nolan. And this is about the time we just happened to have this conversation when I was thinking uh, about starting to get back onto shows and things like that. And I needed to come up with a new name. And I just decided, hey, you know what? I like it. This double N. Uh, and it just kind of flows off the tongue. And it's one of my favorite hockey players. So that's that's cool. <laughs> oh, and, and nasty. Uh, I actually got this question asked a lot. Nasty is because they wouldn't let me use asshole. Okay. Well, you know. There you go. There's that. Um, if there wasn't wrestling, is there a plan B? I'd be homeless. I'd be a bum. Uh, there is no plan B. Simply put, there is no plan B. It's either make a living doing this. It doesn't matter if it's WWE. It doesn't matter if it's AEW. It doesn't matter if it's New Japan. It's get 
to one of those places and just change the business and make a living and, and become one of the greatest of all time. There's no plan B. There's no plan C because honestly, if there was a plan B, I wouldn't put all my energy into plan A. Dedication, dedication, dedication. Um, okay, here's a question I ask a lot, and I just like to hear um, wrestlers' opinions. How do you feel when the public doesn't really understand the risks that you guys take, how dangerous your job is, and these people, I'll just be nice, say that you guys do fake-ass shit? Yeah. It's, it's very frustrating. Uh because, you know, it's it's more than just what you do in the ring. Like, people don't realize we sacrifice our entire life for this. You know, for me, for example, I can only speak for myself. I know what other people have done, but I can only give you my first my firsthand perspective. I've packed my bags and moved to another country. I've packed my bags and drove across the United States of America by myself to pursue wrestling. You know, I've left relationships behind. I've missed birthdays. I've, I'm sure I've missed, you know, a million things. But it, it, there's so much more to wrestling than what you just see for the 10 minutes somebody's out there. And it hurts. You know, it's not a trampoline. It's not a bed. You know, and that's that's something that people don't understand. They, they just see, oh, when you fall, you bounce. Yeah, you bounce, but you're landing on wood. You're landing on steel. That's your entire body weight. Multiple times getting thrown on that canvas. Um, and then when they say it's fake, I mean, it's no different than them watching Fast and Furious. That shit's fake too. You know, they watch Star Wars. That shit is fake as hell. So, I mean, that's pretty much all you can say. Yeah, what I do is fake. Sure, there's nothing fake about it. There's nothing fake about it. Sure, you know, we know who's going to win. But even that's not the case all the time. Just ask Bret Hart. You know, sometimes you don't know who's going to win. So, there's absolutely nothing fake about it. And all you can really do is just ignore those people because you're doing something they wish they can do. They're stuck behind their desks under their fluorescent lights for nine hours a day in their little cubicle. Meanwhile, I'm traveling the world doing what I love to do. So whether it's fake or not really doesn't matter to me. You're right. And I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, like I said, I'm a podcaster guy. I watch you guys and I'm like, you know, and it's a, there's a difference. That because I've been, I watch TV, you know, and that's whatever. And I, you know, if you make it that far, great. I'm glad I had the opportunity to talk to you about it, and I wish you success. But you guys in the in the Indies, you guys are a different breed of people. And that's comes to a question I'm going to ask you. Am I accurate in saying this? You guys in the Indies, getting trying to get where you want to get. You guys put your asses on the line every time you go out there. And, oh, my God, I, the, the minute I got to watch my first indie show, I was like, holy shit. They, that hurts. That has to hurt. And that, that's real. And the, the promotion I, work, I, I watch a lot down here is uh, Extreme Impact Wrestling, XIW. And their catchphrase is real fight shit. And it is. And I watch, I watch PWX. I watch video clips. I watch Rugged Pro. And I watch all these guys in the indies. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's that's not what you see on TV. Mm -mm. Absolutely not. Mm -mm. And I applaud you guys for doing that on a weekly, daily. Some of you guys, I know some indie wrestlers that are doing three or four shows a week. I don't know what mm -hmm. you do a week, but 
doing that stuff three to four times a week, that can't be fun. I mean, it can be fun. It is fun. But it's like, oh, my God, it's got to be wearing on your bodies for sure. Yeah, it's great when you're when you're in the ring for however long your match is, but it's when you get cramped up in that car for three hours going home. That's when it's not fun, and that's when it hurts. But yeah, you know, it's at the level that we do it now. We're not making WWE money. You know, we don't have athletic trainers working on us at the building or anything like that. You know, so the people who do it at this level are passionate about it and are doing it because they love it. You know, they're not having anything handed to them. They, you know, it's not like my dad was a wrestler and I'd be in WWE right now. You know, I have to work for it just like everybody else. So we're making the towns. We're, we're driving five, six hours. And, and everyone is losing money for the most part, but they do it because they love it. And whether I personally like someone or not, I respect everybody in this business because we're all doing this together. Yes, it is a competition. And everyone's in it for themselves, but we're all doing the same thing for the most part. And that's kind of an unspoken respect amongst the wrestlers because I I know, you know, what the next person is going through for the most part. They know what I'm dealing with. And it's in order to do it at this level, you have to love it. Because if you didn't, there's people who do it in WWE. The second it gets hard, they cry and they quit or they take their ball and go home. You know, all oh, the travel's too hard. You're traveling one day a week. You know, you, you just do Monday Night Raw. But that's too hard. You know, take anyone in our position. We'd, we'd go on the road five, six days a week if we could have given the opportunity because we love it. You know? So at this level, it's, it's you have to have your heart in it because if you don't, you're not going to survive. I'm going to answer this question. I think, um, did you train in Canada with Lance Storm? Uh, that was yes, correct? Yes. Yes, that is correct. So, Carlos, yes, he did. Um, how many, okay, so one of the biggest things in you watch in professional wrestling on TV is how many times at Wrestler X kicks out of this powerbomb. Like, it's like ridiculous. It's 10 times, 10 kickouts. Does that frustrate you guys in the Indies? How many time, How many finishing kick kickouts do you, is too many? That's it depends. You know, I mean, for me personally, I focus more on psychology than anything, and what makes sense in in regards to putting together a match. Um, yeah, if the story calls for it, go ahead, kick out of a tombstone from the Undertaker. It it, it calls for it. But if it's just like a random match put together, like it doesn't make any sense to do that. And they do it for a cheap pop. And if you do things for cheap pops, you're not going to last too long. Yeah, you get your yay for a second. But that's not going to create longevity. What creates longevity is consistently having good matches and consistently putting asses in seats. And that's how you make money in the business. So for me, focusing on the psychology aspect, why I do certain things, how I do certain things... And that uh, going back to what I was saying before, I would literally talk to Brian Kendrick for hours about these things. And that helps me, you know, see professional wrestling in a, in a way where what would make sense kicking out of this big move randomly or kicking out of something where I work on a body part or I, I did something earlier in the match and calling back to it later, you know, I, and I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but to, to answer your question, I, there, there are 
plenty of matches that have an insane amount of kickouts, which kind of take away from the match because then it kind of just drags and goes on too long and you forget what happens in the match. But um, is there a specific number? I couldn't. I, that's all subjective. For me, I don't think you should kick out of a, a finisher more than once unless it absolutely calls for it. But that's so far and few between that I think one is max. And a power bomb being someone's finisher, not just, you know, a random move in a match. I see you, you probably seen that, that question, so I'll let you handle that. I, I know that guy, Super Scott International. Now. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, what, it, what was it? Uh, what inspires me about the Freddie Mercury? Yeah. I love Freddie Mercury. Actually, uh, when I first came to PWX, I actually based a lot of my persona and my attire on Freddie Mercury. I have the exact same pants that he has in his music videos uh, and the white gloves I got from Freddie Mercury, too which I don't use anymore because they get dirty real quick. And I'm not going to be spending all that money on gloves that I wear once. But uh, yeah, Freddie Mercury is awesome, man. I love Freddie Mercury. I remember seeing that movie Bohemian. That's one of my I favorite mean, Yeah, it's a great movie. It is. It's a great movie. And uh, I mean, everyone's heard of Queen before that, but to actually see like, you know, the story behind it, what he dealt with, all that. I just love Freddie Mercury, man. He's, Mm -hmm. he, if if I could have lunch or dinner with anyone alive or dead, it would be Freddie Mercury for sure. Hands down, not even hands down for sure, Freddie Mercury. So you're a heel, and um, as a you're a heel. Have you ever been a face? And if so, which is easier to get over as? I hate being a face. Um, you would because. Everyone wants to be that cool, badass face, like Stone Cold Steve Austin or something like that. And that's what everyone tries to do. But, you know, there's plenty of people who come out and go, yeah, come on, insert city name here. And uh, I, I, it's just, I, it's, it's so fake to me. It's so hokey. It's so phony. And I just can't bring that out of me. I've tried. I've had practice matches. I've been a face on shows before. And I'm just like, God please let this be over because it's just, it's, it's hokey. Um, but to answer your question, what's easier for me, I'm literally just myself when I'm a heel, you know, I'm literally just myself turned up and apparently that pisses people off, but you know what? That is what it is. And I, I like pissing people off and pissing people off puts you in positions to win championships. Is that right now? <laughs> just people off. You're kind of quiet oh, up there, so I'm just asking. You know, I, I'm doing my best to uh, be respectful and watch my words, and and you know, let Nick have his his time. Um, why? Why is yeah. she even here? Yeah, why? Why is she even here? Like, I thought this was for me. Well, you know, I just figured. See at PWX we 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 keep it PG thirteen and I didn't really get to respond to the event Sunday night and I kind of wanted my chance to respond. But you know, um as far as pissing people off, yeah, I'd say Nick's pretty good at pissing people off. Awesome. So what's the what's the what's the vibe like at 
in the backstage at PWX there or any of the other indie promotions that you deal with? Is it always a positive vibe or are there people that just you don't you can't stand and you just and you just get there and you do what you gotta do and you move on? At PWX, I get along just about with everybody except Mel, obviously. Um, and that's no one's fault but her own. So as far as like other indie, you know, promotions, I, I get along with everyone. Everyone seems to like me except her. And that, that, that doesn't seem to be an issue with anybody else. So maybe I'm not the asshole. Maybe. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. How important are the fans to, uh, to Mr. Nick Nolan? I don't really care for him. I mean, fans are fickle. Fans are fake. Whoa, 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 whoa. I go. Time out, bro. This fan's not fake. So it may want to clarify what you say about fans being fake. Okay. We were, we were, please, because I'm, I'm not fake. I'm not. I'm not a fake fan. I can, I can appreciate that. But specifically at PWX, you know, there's plenty of people who like to to cheer you to your face and tell you how great you are to your face, but then talk shit behind your back, okay. you know? And to be honest, I really don't care for that. I'm just out there racking up wins, making my money, doing what I have to do to get to the next level. You know, so you can boo me, you can cheer me. It really doesn't matter. All that matters is I'm never losing this. And I don't know what they're going to do when I leave because I'm not giving that back. I'm not losing it. So merch tables don't mean shit to you then? I'm sorry? Merch tables aren't important to you, like selling your merch, the meet and greet fans. You know, that's not a thing that you need to. Oh, no, yeah, please. I'll take their money all day long. That's no problem. Yeah, of course I'll sell my merch. But they're going to come and buy it anyway because when they look at that piece of paper that I signed five years from now and I'm WWE champion, world heavyweight champion, they're going to be like, damn, I was there. I was there at the ground level. I got in when Bitcoin was 25 cents. Well. I doubt, yeah, you're right, because I'm going to be one of those fans at the end of the interview. I'm going to say, hang out on the club because I have a question I want to ask you. So I'm just going to be that fan for forewarn you that would come to the merch. Tell us you're honest, and I can appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I will. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Um, what's your best advice you can that you have ever gotten from another professional wrestler? And if so, what um, advice would you give a uh, professional wrestler coming into the business? Best piece of advice I ever gotten was <clears throat> wrestling can be whatever you want it to be. And I got that from Brian Kendrick. And that's really helped open my eyes because you don't have to be, you know, what you see on TV. You don't have, you can literally, you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do. You can look however you want to look. You can act however you want to act. And I guess that didn't really click for me because I was like, oh, well, I watch WWE and I want to be like this guy. I want to be like that guy. They're the top guys. I want to be like that. But they already have that guy. They already have this guy. You know, so what are you going to do that's going to be different? Um, best advice? Best advice would to be uh, don't give up, you know, because I had to stop wrestling for almost seven years. Um, because life happens. And there's been plenty of times where I wanted to be like, fuck this. I need to make money. I need to do something with my life, you know? But by 
crazy coincidences and circumstances and just being in the right place at the right time has allowed me to make leaps and bounds as far as uh, progressing my career. But had I given up, I wouldn't be here right now. You know, I wouldn't have trained at Black and Brave. I wouldn't be PWX champion. I wouldn't be talking to you. I don't, I don't know what I'd be doing if I give up. So it doesn't matter. And one, one thing that, you know, people have mentioned to me is like everyone's story is different. Not everyone is going to be 19 years old and signed to WWE. Not everyone's going to have a grandfather who was a wrestler or a father who was a wrestler, you know, to get them in. Everyone's story is different. You know, you look at Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, they did the Indies for 10 years, 10 plus years, you know. And now they're, they're finally main eventing WrestleMania. They're doing incredible things in their career. You know, it, everyone's story is different. And just because yours takes a little bit longer than somebody else's doesn't make, you know, what you do any less important or any less special for you. So if you don't give up, you're not going to fail. The second you say, I'm done, that's when you're a failure. So to anyone who's trying to get into the business, stick with it. Don't give up. Rub shoulders with people who are actually going to help you because there's a lot of fake people in wrestling. There's a lot of people who act like they're your friends and then will stab you in the back the second they get the chance. You have to find genuine people, and that's hard to find. Uh, and I've been fortunate enough to find, you know, a couple people like that. And I, I, I'm eternally grateful because it's helped me progress myself. Um, it's encouraged me. It's gotten me better. So you, you just keep your head down. Don't worry about the noise. Put those blinders on and just keep going and do not stop. Well, I appreciate that answer, um, Nick. Uh, as a podcaster, you know, you, as a small podcaster that I am, and um, JB can attest, uh, there's some days that you just want to say, screw this, why am I doing this? Don't, you, know, you know, but I do it because I love this. I do it. I'll be honest with you. I've shared uh, with Mel before, and JB knows it. I'm a foster parent. I care for eight children. Um, and when I can take an hour and a half of my time and talk to guys like you and get, and it, it, it lets me escape reality for a moment, if you will. And so if I go to indie show and I can sit there for an hour and a half and see everybody beating the shit out of each other and it escapes from reality, that's why I do this. So when you say those encouraging words, I appreciate that. So um, not to kiss your ass, but. Hey, I, you know what? Like, no, no, no. And not to kiss your ass, not to blow smoke up your ass. I appreciate what you do. Because I know being a foster parent is not easy and you're, you're changing their lives. You know, I don't like many people, but I can respect and, and appreciate what you do. Thank so, you. and I'm, I'm sure those kids are eternally grateful for you and for you to, to, you know, let me hop on for a little bit and speak with you. I appreciate that. It's Thank giving you. me a platform and uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate what you do because I know, you know, being at the level we are, we're relatively small and such a big world in what we're doing. Um, allowing us to connect and, and do our thing and, and grow, uh, helping each other out. That's what I appreciate. And I, I can not to blow smoke up your ass, but, you know, I, I respect that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, is there anyone that you would or could call out for a match? Who would that be? And what would you tell Roman them? Reigns. Roman Reigns. What would you tell them? Simple as that. Roman Reigns. He's the best in the world right now. He's the best in the world right now, but given the opportunity, I guarantee you I can beat him. I've beaten the last ECW world champion. What makes you think I can't beat him? Okay. 
I just haven't had the opportunity. The and they know where to find me. The they, yeah, of course I acknowledge him. I love Roman Reigns. I'm a huge Roman Mark. I'll be honest. I love Roman Reigns. Well, that's who you, you shout out. Yeah, that's who you, that's all you want to challenge him, huh? Oh, I, I, I know someone who can get me in touch with him, so. There you go. What's the biggest venue you've been in? Performing. Biggest venue, biggest venue I've been in. It's crazy because I guess it's technically only gone downhill since then. My first match I ever had was like in front of like 3,000 people at House of Hardcore 2 um, in Poughkeepsie, New York. With It was crazy. What's crazy is my first match and Lance was Lance Storm was there. Um, so it was really cool to have him there and kind of, because I was nervous as hell, and he kind of helped bring me down a little bit. And, uh, you know, Tommy Dreamer, Bully Ray, who to this day is the nicest guy I've ever met in this business. And I tell that to my friend all the time. It's a running joke, but it's the truth. Bully Ray is awesome. Uh, and Rhino is really cool, too. Uh, I, and then Terry Funk was there. I just remember Terry Funk was there. Kevin Owens was there. It's wild. It's wild. But yeah, my first show was like 3,000 people. And then just nosedived after that. But that's okay, because one day it's going to be in front of 100,000. 100, Johnny Cass asked this question. I saw that you got got to wrestle his trainer, James Jeffries. Well, well, that well, that can we find that on YouTube? Yeah, I just put that one up yesterday or the day before. It's up there now. If you want to check that out, right. I like him. He's a good guy. What is the number one indie name besides you? Obviously, is the top in the business. That you that you want to go after in the Indies? Like you said Roman Reigns. Now, and how about the Indies? Well, if he gets fired tomorrow, it'll be him. But uh, number one indie name, shoot, that's a good question. Oh, I mean, there's really no one that comes to mind because I'm just focused on myself and whoever they put in front of me, I'll just beat. But if I had to go after somebody. I don't even know what's considered the indies anymore because there's people in AEW who do the indies, you know? So, I mean, if he's doing the indies, obviously MJF, why not beat the AEW world champion? You can beat him. You know why I know why you can beat him? I'll show you. I'm going to tell you why you can beat him. Not to blow, not to blow smoke up your ass. I'm but. better than you, and you know it. I could do better than him, right? You guys hear me? Mm -hmm. yeah. I hear you. It's kind of kind of breaking up. Well, I played it. I played it. Okay. Um, shoot question. Mount Rushmore of male wrestlers. I was hoping, I hoping you would ask this. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> first and foremost, Edge. Huh? First and foremost, Edge. He's the centerpiece of my Mount Rushmore. How many is on Mount Rushmore? Four or five? Four. Four, right? Four? Okay. Five. I thought it was Edge, five. Triple H. It's five? I thought it was no, five. It's four. It's, it's four. four. It is four. It is four. Yes, it four. is four. Okay. So Edge, Triple H, Randy Orton, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Gorgeous George. Okay. I got a fan that wants to know here. I want to see you guys Hammerstone. Oof. I'd love to face him. I'll beat him too. <laughs> Alex Kane. He's a big boy. I was actually just on his Instagram today. It's funny you mentioned that. I was just on his Instagram today. 
He's 270 pounds. So big boy. Yeah. But here's the thing. Rhino is 295. I beat him. How about uh, Alex Kane from MLW? I, I'm not too familiar with who that is. But if he's an MLW, obviously he's he's worth, you know, he's worth something. So throw him in front of me. Okay. The GOAT of wrestling. Ah, I've been saying Edge. Statistically, it's Edge. He's won more championships in WWE than anybody. Um, I Obviously, I can't say myself because that's egotistical, but if I had to choose someone else besides myself, it's going to be Edge. I just want to take, before we go further, um, we're going to get to Mel here shortly in a few seconds. Um, everybody that's on YouTube, on Twitch, on Facebook, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button. So we're going to have more... Uh, Awesome interviews going forward. Um, more shows. Hit the follow button so you can keep on keep track with Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. So here's a TikTok question, and I hope I get this right. Do you acknowledge David Arquette as the greatest WCW champion of all time? <laughs> greatest? Greatest? Absolutely not. But he was WCW champion, something I've never been. So I get he was yeah, WCW yeah. champion. You know, that that's had to something be on to, to do a whole different time. It had to be on there, so. <laughs> um, so, we're down to uh, <laughs> PWX stuff. Where you uh, where that belt is behind you, that's where that came from. You beat Rhino on Sunday. Um, we have Mel, the PWX announcer, right up here. Um, uh Let's talk about some people you faced in there before we get to your issue with Mel. Um, talk to me about how the match, I mean, other than low-blowing Rhino, how did that match go? Was that match, um, a, it must have been hard as hell. That guy can still go. I've seen the video. It looks like he can still go. Um, was that like a workout and a half? Did you go out of there exhausted as hell? <clears throat> So, was that for me or for for this one over here? For you, for me, for you, okay, right, yeah, for you next. So, yeah, I mean, why they they call him a man beast for a reason? This guy, he can still go. I mean, there was time. I'll be honest, there was times in that match where it's like, what do I have to do to keep this guy down? But because I'm so smart, and I knew if he were to hit that gore on me, it'd be done. Unfortunately for me, I took his legs out from underneath him. That's what I was focusing on. So I would hit him with the chair. I'd hit him with the crutch. I'd work his leg. Because if I work his leg, I take his legs out. He can't run after me. It's as simple as that. So, yes, it was a workout because it took a lot to take this man down. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how I won. On paper, there's going to be a W next to my name. On paper, it's going to say retains the world, the PWX Heavyweight Championship, defeating Rhino. And to be honest, I'll do it again. AMB, what's your take on on AMB, the U.S. title match? What's what's your take on that? I, I honestly, like I said, there's not many people I like in wrestling, and he and I have fought each other too many times, and he's he's really brought me to to my brink. But that's before who I became who I am today. So to answer your question, what I think about him, I think he's a great United States champion. If if it couldn't be me, I would say it should be him. 
But again, There you go. Yeah, there's too many people connected to this. I think we need to drop Mel because my reception is not that well right now. But <laughs> to answer your question, uh, he, he has brought me to the brink. And the only reason why he's beaten me because people got involved and took me out of the match. You know, had it just been a clean, you know, one-on-one match, because I, I like to abide by the rules. We all know this. I have both championships. They'd be both up there right now. But... I can't lie. Let bygones be bygones. He beat me. And like I said, if it, if it couldn't be me to be the United States champion, I'm glad it's him because he is someone who, who busts his ass every single time he goes out there. And he really, you know, brings it when he, when he does go out there. And he's someone I actually enjoy watching, believe it or not. I don't like watching many people because um, I'm usually just focused on myself, but I know he's going to be something good. And I want to watch so I can constantly evolve my game plan in case they want to throw him against me again. Awesome. Angus McDuff. <laughs> Angus, but that's the guy who I beat for this. Yeah. That's the guy who I beat. I haven't seen him since. Is he hard? Was it harder to beat him than Rhino? Or? Is it harder to beat him than Rhino? Of course not. Okay. That's cool. Johnny Cass. Here's a question. You know, you're familiar with Johnny Cass. Yeah. Is he getting pushed around by the syndicate, or is he just doing, or or what's what's what do you what do you perceive with that? I think we're all adults, and we make our own decisions. Okay, fair, fair. Joey Knotts. He's scary. I would not want to get in the ring with him, to be honest, because this guy, I've seen him tear people's faces apart, literally tear people's faces apart. So the further he stays away from me, because this is my money maker, this is what makes money. WWE Vince says right. it himself. I stay away from that. I'll be okay. What are your interactions with the syndicate? Um, can you give us go into detail about that relationship? Um, were you once in the syndicate? What do you guys? I mean, <laughs> if you were, you have Sin, you have all those guys. What's your how do you, what's your relationship with that, those guys? Uh, what's that? I love Sin. Sin and I get along great. Uh, constantly talking, constantly trying to figure out ways to win matches, whether it's me helping him out, him helping me out. You know, I know he has my back. Um, that's someone I can trust. That's someone who, you know, if I had to get the shirt off my back, I wouldn't. No, I'm kidding. I would. Uh, and uh, I, I like the syndicate. I like Axel. You know, I think Johnny's in it now or something, you know. <laughs> uh, but Sin, Axel, we, we've we been close since I got there, especially with Sin. He, he's been very receptive to me literally since the day I got there. And that's something, you know, I appreciate and I respect. And I'll, I will always uh, have respect for him and the syndicate for having my back. Um, this next person, um, I... Probably might say he's your boss. Can you express how your relationship is with Jay Silver? No. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I guess technically he's my boss. He owns the company, right? Possibly. I mean, Jay and I, 
like on a serious note, Jay and I get along well. Um, constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. But, you know, it's just like any boss, sometimes you want to punch him in the face. But, you know, I get along with him for the most part. I get along with everybody. I'm a good guy. I'm a likable guy. Um, yes. So I have one more question. Mel, I'm going to get to you real quick. I'm just, this one question is like, it's going to start him. It's probably going to piss him off, which is great because I'm sure Mel and you have, Mel and Nick has some issues to talk about. So this is from a fan's point of view. Ready? There we go. Joe Hagelin said, if the syndicate didn't interfere with your match with Rhino, you wouldn't be champ. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life because, like, hey, let's look at the facts. Let's look at the facts. Rhino went for the gore and did not hit it. He actually attempted the move that's won him the ECW Heavyweight Championship of the World, and he couldn't hit it on me. So it doesn't matter if the syndicate came out or not. He actually went for it. And I beat him by doing what I needed to do. So whether the syndicate came out, which they did, I didn't ask him to, but that goes back to the sin having my back. He saw, hey, Rhino's really bringing Nick to his limit. Let me go out there and help him. And I appreciate it. But I didn't ask for that. I didn't ask him to come out. And I appreciate he did. But had he not, the results still would have been the same. That'd still be right up there. Johnny Cass says, Nick still won. Remember, it was an Extreme Rules match. So there you go. There you go. Johnny Cass, everybody. So my question now is to Nick. Um, what is it? I mean, I got, I was privileged to, privileged to some footage that happened during the PWX Sunday show. And I couldn't help but ask this question. What do you have a beef with ring announcers? And why the hell would you use a chair against Miss Mel up here? Well, that's a two-part question to answer the first part. I don't have a problem with ring announcers. I just have a problem with Mel. And that goes back to a few weeks ago where I called Rhino out and he didn't respond. And I took that as a sign of disrespect because if he can't find two seconds to be like, hey, I accept your challenge, obviously he doesn't think much of me. And so when that happened, I... All I did was ask Mel, hey, can you throw this microphone on, please? Because I would like to, to say a couple of things to Rhino. And she would not do that. She wouldn't do that. And that kind of irritated me. So I kind of tried to force her hand by, I, I believe I was working with Bam Bam that night. And if I had to take him out, if I have to end his career in order for you to put this, this microphone on so I can speak to the Rhino, I'll do that. Because I don't care about anyone else but myself. And I wanted to get my hands on Rhino because I wanted to prove not only to myself, but to him with the lack of respect he has for me that I am better than him. And all I did was, hey, Mel, can you turn this microphone on, please? I, I think I said, please. I'm pretty sure I did. I'm a polite guy. And she said no. And then I asked that idiot who sits behind the computer over there with his mullet, hey, can you turn this on? No. And then I asked Jay Silver, you want to know how my relationship is with Jay Silver? Now that I bring this up, I don't like him because I asked him to turn the microphone on and he said, no, he waved me off. So clearly they don't have any respect for me. I think Rhino has respect for me now because he realized how good I am, but I had to beat it into him. And so to answer your question, what I, what I have a problem with Mel, 
I'm in an extreme rules match with one of the greatest hardcore wrestlers of all time. And you're preventing me from doing what I have to do in order to beat this guy. I went to go get a chair, which is in the rules. It's extreme rules. I can use whatever I want. I went to go get the chair and she wouldn't get out of the way. And I, I, I kindly asked her, hey, Mel, can you please move out of the way? And she said no. And I just gently shoved her. Of course, she oversold it. And then I asked her to just turn around and go sit next to your daughter. And then she gives me, gives me the side eye. And that's when I got pissed off. All I'm doing is asking you nicely. Can you please go over there? Can you please do this? Can you please do that? Please turn the microphone on. And I constantly get attitude. She just happened to be the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know what to tell you. Well, is that how it went? Yeah. I think Nick has a few memory issues. Maybe he's taken one too many chair shots to the head. I'm not sure, but polite and respectful. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen. You know, I wouldn't exactly say uh, I'm in the middle of my announcements and Nick just grabs the mic, cuts me off and starts shouting. No, that's not respectful. Respect is given when respect is earned. And, it is. It you is. Know, when you cut me off when I'm speaking, that's not respectful. So why should I be respectful back? But you know what? It's all right, Nick. It, it's all right. Because, you know, yeah, you, you, you shoved me. You hit me with a chair and I was down. Yeah, I was down. I'm not going to lie. I got some back issues. You know, the chiropractor was able to sort me out a bit. But let me tell you something, Nick. You fucked with the wrong woman. You fucked with the wrong woman. You know, you've seen the repercussions so far. You got an indefinite suspension. I'm still getting paid. So it's a vacation. So who knows I, when you're going to be back? I don't care when I'm back. But let me tell you this. You know, I wonder, I wonder how the new commissioner is going to feel about your actions Sunday night. You know, you could see far reaching repercussions from this, you know, and let me just tell you, my daughter, who, you know, nothing like a chair shot to really, really piss a kid off. Oh, she's not happy with you. Not at all. I mean, definitely. I'm not losing any sleep, by the way. Let's just say there's things in store. You know, we'll see what happens, but I'm telling you right now, you seriously, seriously picked the wrong person to fuck with. I'm not do. to be trifled with. Okay. Do we got to do? So, not to get in the mix of your argument here, guys, but first of all, I don't know, Joe Hagelin said this. He says, more like demanded it or you were not, or you're going to end me, still salty about that. Yeah, you know, that's referring to when Nick so rudely demanded the microphone be turned on, and when he was refused, he decided to take a chair 
um, to Bam Bam and, you know, kind of threatened to end his career with a lovely concerto to the head. So, you know, why, why would you give in to the demands of a madman? But it doesn't sound like you care about your roster because if you did, that, that wouldn't have happened had you just turned the microphone on. And look, he's still feeling the ramifications from that. I'm a ring announcer. You have the power I, to turn the microphone on. You gave me the mic. I'm not the one that turns them on. I don't make those decisions. I mean, I could have asked him to turn it on, but why would I when you're being so rude? I mean, I'm not going to get into Mel's part, um, but what struck me as weird was you're the moneymaker of this PWX from what I gather, right? You, you call you probably stuff the, the, the main guy, the champion, you hold the belt, correct? My my question is not. I mean, Mel, she had her reasons why not to turn on your mic, but Jay Silver, not turning your mic on. Eh, I would kind of. That's why I guess I kind of get why you're a little not cool with that. Mm -hmm. The main guy in your in the show going against Rhino. Rhino can't have the balls enough to answer your call, and so you want to make it happen. And PWX isn't going to let you make it happen. They're just blowing me off, and that's a problem. I mean, you yeah. got their belt, and I mean, like you said, if you get a contract with some bigger people, bye. Uh, here's but what you're going to do. I'm going to tell you right now, okay, Mel? When I get a contract offer from WWE, it's not if, it's when. I am signing it on that belt, and you are never getting that back. Michael mm -hmm. Reldon says this, Mel. Mel has a concussion. So I have a that's probably I gotta, what's going on in there, right? So not to play into your little thing that's going on, Mel, between Nick. Is it could it possibly be that you have a concussion and you're not remembering things straight? And <laughs> and Nick is telling the truth. You know, Nick hit me in the back with the chair, came nowhere near my head. My head didn't hit the ground. Maybe I should have hit you, Matt. <laughs> So, yeah, there's no concussion. And, you know, um, the video's up on YouTube. Uh, it's up on YouTube. If you go to Nasty Nick Nolan's YouTube page, um, you'll see his little video clip. And you can clearly see where when I don't move out of the way for him to grab the chair, he shoves me. And then as I turn around and walk away, he blindsides me with the chair. And. There's no defense against that. I dropped to the ground. I mean, I'm not a wrestler. I'm a ring announcer. For so God's why are you stepping so up? No why are you stepping up? You're not a wrestler. So why are you getting in my face? Why do you choose to come to where I'm at? You know that's where I'm at. The chair, I sit the chair there every there. single show. Yeah, Michael, I should have taken her head off. The chair is right there. Why would you put, if I'm such a bad guy, why would you turn your back on me? Mel, did you, did anybody from PWX locker room come to your aid? I mean, did somebody come and help you? Or? Yes. Uh, majority owner, Jay Silver and Jimmy Smooth, um, both came over. Uh, my daughter was there checking on me. Uh, Jimmy and Jay were there checking on me and making sure that nothing further happened to me. Oh, and that was great. I'm so glad they did that because they were standing there and I reminded them by holding the belt in their face that I am still the champion and I am never going to lose it. So Your day, your day will come. 
so when, that, when that day comes, you know, as the ring announcer, I'll be glad to announce that nasty Nick Nolan has been defeated. That only happens when I let it happen because no one's going to beat me. AMB beat you. By outside interference. And took, your, and took your United States title. From outside interference. Had we made that an Extreme Rules match, I beat Rhino. It makes you think I can't beat him. So you're complaining because AMB beat you with outside interference, yet you beat Rhino with outside interference. Which was in the rules. Oh. It was in the rules. I seem to recall the AMB match was a, what, no DQ match? I so, don't so, I mean, you took it all around the arena. You taunted his mother with his face. Do I, it again. I mean, it wasn't for those meddling kids. So, I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you lose your belt when you get interfered, then, you know, how are you complaining? Oh, it's not fair because they interfered. But yet, Syndicate interfered on your behalf with Rhino. But all of a sudden, oh, I'm the best because I beat Rhino. I didn't ask for it. <laughs> she is. She. I, I don't know who this is, but I like this guy. JB, you got any takes? <laughs> You're sitting back there going, okay. You got any last questions for for Nick regarding this Mel problem? Or do you have any other questions regarding his career before I give him the floor? Um, anything? <laughs> Are you just well, back here, back here enjoying this back and forth between? Um, I am, I am. Um, so, what motivates you, Nick? What motivates you as a heel and as a wrestler and as a person? What motivates me? So, as a heel and a wrestler, it, it ties mm -hmm. in together. As a person, it's completely different. Well, I guess mm -hmm. that kind of all ties in together. I'm maniacally obsessed with becoming WWE champion. Yeah. That is the end game for me, and I'm going to do anything it takes. If that means beating Rhino, that means beating Rhino. If that means hitting Mel with the chair, that means hitting Mel with the chair. If that means doing what I have to do, whether some people like it, some people don't, I'm here to make money. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win championships. I'm here to be the best. So that's what inspires me. As a person... It's, it's literally the same thing because wrestling is my life. I eat, breathe, shit wrestling. I watch wrestling all day. I study. I'm constantly looking to be the best. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly texting Seth Rollins. I'm constantly texting Brian Kendrick on how to be the best. So it's only a matter of time. Mm -hmm. So all that ties in together. My life is literally on a one-way path to becoming the world champion, whether it's AEW, whether it's WWE. It really doesn't matter. At the end of the day, all that matters is going down as the absolute best. I just want to say thank you for everything you do, by the way, too. So, Well, I appreciate yeah. it. At least someone appreciates me. Hey, I appreciate you. I just want to say oh, thank you. you. No, you too. And I, I appreciate it. Seriously, it's that one up there that doesn't appreciate me and what I do for her company. But... Um, so before I give uh, Nick the floor, um. You were so gracious, uh, Mel, to come on and share your story and what happened. Is there anything else before we go let Mel or let uh, Nick finish it? Is there anything that you'd like to say? One last statement to Nick, um, or you, are you have you said it all? Yeah, get it off your chest because I don't want to hear a word from you until I come back. 
I turn my back to you once. It won't happen again. But I would recommend don't turn your back on me. Nick, the floor is yours. Tell us where you we can find your merchandise, where you where you uh, see yourself going in the future, and any warnings to upcoming opponents or even warnings to ring announcers. No, like I said, there's there's no problems with ring announcers. Hell, I love ring announcers. I love Justin Roberts. I love Tony Kimmel. You know, I just don't love Mel. It's as simple as that. I mean, like I said, she she's messing with the wrong person, and she this could have all been avoided had she just told that guy to turn the microphone on. She wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't be suspended. You know, she wouldn't have gotten hit in the back with a chair. But where you can find me is Nasty Nick Nolan, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, I think. I'm trying to get on that. I'm not too familiar with the Twitter. Uh, my merch, I bring it with me to the shows. So if you want something that's going to be worth thousands of dollars in a couple of years, why don't you come down to the shows? I'll sign it for you. Gladly take your money. Um, any any warning for what was the upcoming wrestlers? Yeah, I, any, really, up, up, upcoming opponents. Upcoming, I, I don't know. I, I mean, at least for, for PWS, I'm suspended. So I, I don't know who I'm facing there next time, but I, I'm going to beat them too. Uh, so whoever it is. And I'll, I'll gladly beat them turning my back towards you. So uh, as far as that goes, it doesn't matter who you put in front of me. It doesn't matter what any company puts in front of me because I'm going to walk right over them too. I work for Honor Among Wrestling. I work for MAW. Destination 6 doesn't really matter. Hell, I'm the reborn champion at uh, HAW. So doesn't matter who they put in front of me. doesn't matter who PWX puts in front of me. doesn't matter who puts who in front of me. At the end of the day, the result's going to be the same. I'm going to win. I'm winning championships. And like I said, I'm maniacally obsessed with being the absolute best. Maniacally obsessed with becoming the WWE champion. That is my life. So everything I do is leading down that path. So that's the end game. That's where I'm going to be. And it's only a matter of time before you see me on TV, whether it's TNT, TNN, USA, Fox, doesn't matter. Hell, I may walk onto SmackDown with that just for the hell of it. And what are you going to do about it? Speechless. There you go. It's I like I like that NWO belt, by the way. Thank you. That's uh, to be a short story. Uh, I lost interest in wrestling for a long time, and um, I was just watching. You know that we started with uh, you know Scott Hall and Nash and WCW, and then Hogan. When Hogan came down at Daytona Beach at Bash at the Beach, I believe it was, and he leg dropped uh, Macho Man. And became NWO leader, and I that re-sparked my wrestling lo- love for wrestling. I, for to this day, I, I it's it's Hulk Hogan and NWO and Black and White Sting. Here, it's it's so interesting, right? How how Hulk Hogan just universally connects all these people. Like I was saying before, Hulk Hogan's the reason why I wrestle. You know, the reason why I got into wrestling. He sparked your your passion for wrestling again. And this guy is just it's. It's wild to think what a, a cultural figure he is yes. and what he, he means to the business, man. It's just wild how he just connects so many people. Uh-oh. Before I go, Nick, I mean, I was going to close out the show, but some fan on uh, Facebook says this. The closest you're going to get to bring that belt to SmackDown is if you buy a ticket. Joe Hagley. At least I can afford a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 
it's about to get real up in Huge Pop Rusty Podcast. <laughs> you know, these jobbers here that want to tr- throw shade at you, Nick, I, I apologize for people coming on this podcast. And I appreciate the apology, but it doesn't matter to me. I've been dealing with hecklers. Minds. I'm from New York City. I'm from Brooklyn. I deal with this on the train all the time. So it's really no sweat off my back. It doesn't bother me at all. I just put them in their place and go on with my life. Right there, you go, guys. Um, uh, Mel, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, get her off. JB, JB, thank you for popping in here. Um, nasty Nick Nolan, it's been a great time. Um, the hour and sixteen minutes. I appreciate your time. I um, I love the fact that you were able to take your time and come on this huge pop wrestling podcast. Um, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And um, I'm just gonna get off here with uh. Stay in the stay in the lobby, guys. Um, I'm gonna end it with a shot. Uh oh, we got another comment. It's the same guy. Don't even read it. No, it's Michael Redden. He acknowledges nasty. There you go. There you go. There you go. Man, like you did miss a comment. Life would be so much easier for Mel if she were to do that. Johnny Cast Johnny Cast did say something. Johnny Cast did say something. He didn't miss that. He's like, I fully want to be. There you go. All right, so I, I'm claiming myself <laughs> to be full-fledged member of the syndicate. You see, we're all adults. We make our own choices, and he's making <laughs> the right choice. But see, the problem I have with Johnny Cash saying what he says, and I'm not—I know it's not your—it's not his interview. It's it's Nick Knowlton's interview. But the problem I have is he sent me a message, and he said, "I made—I don't like them." Oops, I mean, I like them. Does he like the syndicate or does he not like the syndicate? No, I don't know if he's saying this just to kiss my ass, but I don't know. <laughs> he did um, Sunday night. If you didn't watch the PWX show on Sunday night, um, we did see Johnny Cass come out and interfere in the syndicates match and throw a chair shot. Finally, finally, he picks up a chair. He pulled pull the trigger, huh? He says, I kiss no one's ass. Yeah, you do. He kisses ass. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to. As much as I hate to say it, I uh, I think the syndicate's actually rubbing off on Johnny Cass. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we kiss, we're getting all kinds of weakest chair shot in history. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's a yeah. Okay. So, anyways, Nick, Nasty Nick Nolan, thank you thank for you. Uh, being on here, man. I hope your suspension's not long. Um, it can be as long as she wants because I'm still I'll, getting paid either way. So, I'll follow you on Instagram and see where you're going to go next. Maybe you can go to another organization that'll maybe give you the mic to talk. I don't know. They want to make some money. They will. Yeah. Um. So, what's this? Jeez, John, interview time worth Johnny on WH is in the future. You betcha. Um, so th- again, thank you guys for coming on here. Um, I I can't I can't thank you enough. Um, and we're just gonna end with this.